those words are deeply instructive for each of us. Were it not for grace, where would we be? Were it not for the grace of our Lord Jesus reaching down from heaven to earth, where would we be? As we talk about many a time here, were it not for the end of the story of we were dead in our sins and trespasses, but God made us alive together with Christ, where would we be? So Chris, thank you for putting words to what we need to hear. And uh, our prayers are with you through this season. Know that we love you, and we're so deeply appreciative for your deep gift that you've got that you've shared with us. If you have your Bibles, let's turn over to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to look at, for the next few weeks, the characters of Christmas, and today specifically, Joseph. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 1 and 2, so just keep your finger in the Bible and look in first at uh, Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. So you've got an outline right there in front of you. And then we're just going to walk our way right through this, looking at the character of Christmas in the name of Joseph. Now, we don't know much about uh, Jesus' dad, Joseph, other than what we see about him in his childhood. We see that he was a carpenter. That was often uh, something that people used against Jesus, saying, who is this guy, this carpenter's son, Jesus? How is it possible that he could know all this or have that authority? Uh, So we know that Joseph was a carpenter. We know that he was not present at Jesus' crucifixion, and most scholars would think that Jesus died at some point, or that Joseph died at some point uh, in Jesus' childhood or uh, before he was crucified. We know that he was obviously a good dad, lost his son one time, but who among us hasn't lost their son at some point uh, in a crowded area? No, he was a good dad. This morning, we want to look at those few verses in Matthew chapter 1 and 2 that show us such a richness to Joseph's story. In essence, if there was one word that I would use to sum up Joseph, it would be obedience. Obedience. This morning on your outline, you see that we're going to look at four aspects of Joseph's obedience, and I want you to walk out of here whenever you see that little figurine of Joseph filling your nativity. When you see Joseph's story, I want you to be taken by the words trust and obey because there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. That was Joseph's mantra. That's what he did. He was an obedient man of faith. All right, so I've given you the plug. I've given you the whole story. So let's go back and unpack it together, if that's okay. You all right with that? All right. Let's do this together, all right? Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. All right, let's read God's word together. Let's study it together. And let's, as we always pray, leave the doors of this sanctuary different than when we came in. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had betrothed, been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit." She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, instruct our hearts today through the word that's been sung and the word that will be spoken. Instruct our hearts. Teach us. Show us the way. 
Lord, we love you and we thank you for this time. Give us a clarity of our hearts and speech. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The first blank on your outline is you see, number one, Joseph's obedience was immediate. Joseph's obedience was immediate. And we're going to see this thread throughout the three passages that we're going to look at. Joseph's obedience was immediate. But before we get there, I want to unpack two things that I see as I look at this simple word uh, in 18 and 19. Before they came together, it was found that, mo- that uh, Mary was with child. I don't know quite how that worked out, that it was discovered that Mary was with child, but it was, became known that Mary was with child. And in verse 19, and her husband, Joseph, being a just man. The first adjective that we see about Joseph described in the text is Joseph was a just man. Now, I don't know why, but at some level, this has hit me pretty, uh, pretty interestingly this week. As we've sat and had uh, several of our beloved uh, faith family members go home to be with the Lord, I've sat in some living rooms and I've asked that question to uh, these family members. If you could sum up your husband, your wife, your grandfather, grandmother, if you could sum up their life in just a couple words, what would you say? Man, it, it fills my heart with such joy to hear those words just come out naturally. Man, they were a, a faithful follower of Jesus. Man, they loved me. They were giving. They were caring. Joseph's first word is just. And, and I don't know why. It's just hit me th- today to ask this question. If, if people were to describe you in one or two words, what would they describe you as? What would be your descriptor? What would be the thing that people would say, man, Mark was this. Mark was a, a rabid football fan. And Mark loved to make money. Man, Mark loved But what would be your word? What would be that thing that people would say sums up this person in such detail in one or two words? For Joseph, he was a just man. And I think it can help us as we frame, what would people say about me? Maybe you could ask some of your loved ones, hey, when I die, what are y'all gonna say about me? What you got? What are you gonna say on me? What are the words? What would you describe me as? What are the things that you've noted? And I think when we look at that, it shows and demonstrates where our priorities are. Where our things are. Man, Mark was a hard worker. Never saw him. He was a hard worker. Mark loved the Lord. Mark loved his family. Mark followed Jesus. Mark was a prayer warrior. Now, what are those things? What are those words that would come to the surface? And I think it's so instructive. It demonstrates where our priorities may lie when you think and you boil down much of your existence to these one or two words. For Joseph, it was, he was a just man. Now, did Joseph start being just in verse 19? Was Joseph's first uh, opportunity to be just in verse 19 of Matthew chapter 1? The Bible records, hey, all of a sudden Joseph became a just man and he was ready for this challenge. No, Joseph was a just man far before this moment with Mary came about. And I want to get that through for a second because I think at times we, we just think, well, God will use me wherever I am. And God will, he doesn't always call the qualified, he qualifies the called, right? And that is absolutely true. Absolutely true. God does not always call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Sometimes God takes broken people and he uses them for extraordinary things. God can use us in the midst of our sinfulness and our wickedness for extraordinary things. I absolutely believe that with every fiber of my being. But I don't think our calling is to be as broken as we can possibly be so that God can use us. 
I don't think our story should be, let's be as sinful, as wicked as we can be so that God can somehow transform us into an incredible vessel to be used. As believers who love the Lord and want to follow him in every way, we should say, Lord, let me follow you every day. Let me be a clean and willing participant in your story. We want to be just and righteous so that when the Lord calls us to be used, we are ready to go. Joseph's word in verse 19, and Joseph was a just man. Before the moment and opportunity came to him to be just and righteous, Joseph was preparing himself, being ready for this moment. He is a just man, even before the moment came that he was going to hear that his wife was great with child. Now, to add to that, we see that Joseph is going to find out that his beloved, his betrothed, is with child, and it's not his. In that moment, Joseph could have responded in a thousand different ways. Anger, frustration could have flipped over some tables. He could have been super angry, put Mary out and just put her in front of everybody saying, do you see what this woman has done to me? But instead of losing his cool, in verse 20, it said he considered these things. Joseph, with a coolness, with a, with a steadiness, with a just hand, considered all that he was seeing. It says, behold, an angel came to him. And said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. Obviously, some fear was mixed in right there. And do not fear, for what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. And behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, before I get back to Joseph for a moment, I've just got to remind us of what we've just read that Joseph has heard from this angel that Mary will give birth to a son and he will save the people from their sins. And his name will be called Emmanuel. My stars, friends, this Christmas season, that is what I need to hear. Emmanuel, God with us, not God far away, not God distant, not God who's difficult to get to, not God far away in the stars that you will never experience. No, God near to us, God next to us, God with us, God who's come down to us to dwell among us, God with you. In the midst of your pain, in the midst of your sorrow, in the midst of your grief, in the midst of your hurt, God with you. Not God far away, God, not, not God unknown, but God who dwelt among us. Do you remember our scripture memory for the month of December? We have a God who has been tempted and tried in every way as we are, who understands our pain, who has experienced grief, who has experienced hurt, who has been tried to be killed. I mean, he has experienced everything that we have experienced, yet he was without sin. So we can approach the throne of grace with confidence. This is what he does. He beckons us in. All you who are weary and tired, come to me. You're in a broken spot, come to me. You're hurting over grief, come to me. You're in a dark place, you're struggling with addiction, come to me. I've dwelt among you, I've taken away all of your sins. My name is Jesus because I would take away all of your sins. This is the good news that this angel is proclaiming to Joseph in this dream. I know we say a thousand times this Christmas season, Emmanuel, God with us. But do we recognize the absolute splendor of what that means for us? I mean, this literally changes everything for us. Not God far away. And if you need to receive that, receive it deeply into your souls today. Not God far away. Not God uncaring. 
Not God in the heavens who doesn't listen, but God with us. This is the message of the Christmas season that we sing about from this tree, that we celebrate this Christmas season, the gift that God has given to us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for you. So we see this incredible proclamation from this angel to Joseph. And what was his response? In verse 24, look at it right there with me. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. That's pretty simple. In the complexity of all that we see, that is so simple. Joseph's obedience was immediate. He had the word of the Lord. He obeyed the word of the Lord. That's it. Joseph received the word of the Lord. Joseph obeyed the word of the Lord. That's the simplicity of what we're called to do. We have the word of the Lord. We obey the word of the Lord. We receive the word of the Lord. We obey the word of the Lord. And Joseph's obedience was immediate. So hold on to that for just a second. We're going to build upon that core fact. Joseph's obedience was immediate. Joseph's obedience was also, number two, costly. We don't miss the ramifications of what this angel was asking Joseph to do, to take Mary to be his wife in the midst of everyone's assumption that this was not either his child or that it was his child before the time was appropriate. So can you imagine the social ramifications of what Joseph was going to walk through, that he was taking this child, and I don't think the conceived by the Holy Spirit excuse was going to go very far amongst the religious of the time. Joseph's obedience was likely extremely costly to him. And so his obedience was immediate, and Joseph is obviously a a man who considers these things. So considering the cost of what it was going to be for him to take Mary to be his wife, said, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Absolutely. I'll obey. Yes, Lord. See, in the midst of all the things that Joseph was likely thinking about, the social nature of what was going on, the religious nature of what was going on, what would happen to his friendship circles, what would happen to his business, what would happen to all these different things in the midst of the climate that he was living in, Joseph said, yeah, Lord, I'm in. I will obey, I will follow you, no matter what happens, I'm ready to follow you, which would lead us to number three, that Joseph's obedience was courageous. Joseph's obedience was courageous. Uh, I want to just fast forward just a moment. Joseph and Mary have had the baby, and they hear in the midst of having a baby that it was Herod's desire to kill all males born to eradicate Jesus. Now, just think for a moment. You're, you're hanging out at the hospital. You just had your baby. And you get a text message. We'll modernize the story a little bit if that's okay. You get a text message that a decree has gone out that all newborn babies in the state of Alabama should be killed. And there you are in the hospital holding your little baby. Okay. This is a big deal. In the midst of having this baby in this little trough, The decree goes out for Herod to kill all males born to eradicate Jesus. Now, let's partner that with where we are in Mark right now. I know it's been a little bit, but in the book of Mark, where what happens in this Holy Week? What are they trying to do? Kill Jesus. From his birth, killing Jesus. To this point in Mark, killing Jesus. 
I mean, this is the goal of Herod, to kill Jesus. That Joseph has had this baby. It's of noble birth. I mean, he's going to be the savior of the world. God with us. Jesus, he's going to save the people from their sins. And all of a sudden, in the midst of all this, Joseph has got to go on the courageous course to follow Jesus in the midst of people wanting to kill his baby. And so in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, now they had departed. And behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, rise, Take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. What do you imagine that Joseph's about to do? He gets a word from the Lord to go and take this child to Egypt. What is Joseph going to do? Verse 14, if you need more evidence of Joseph's obedience, in verse 14, and he rose and he took the child and his mother by night and he departed to Egypt. Think of the beauty of Joseph's obedience. The word of the Lord comes to Joseph and says, rise and take the child to Egypt. What did Joseph rose from his dream? And he rose and he took the child. I want you to think about uh, another character in the history of the Bible, Jonah. Jonah is called to go to the Ninevites and preach a message of repentance. He hears the word of the Lord, arise, go to the Ninevites and preach a message of repentance. And what does uh, Jonah do? He arose and he went the other way, right? So we've got 2J here, Joseph and Jonah, and the question is, who are we going to be more like? We have a word from the Lord, rise and go do the things that I've called you to do. Jonah, rise, flee the opposite direction, get out of town, get out of Dodge. Joseph, arise and follow wherever the Lord led. I think as we enter into a new year, there may be some in this room who are sitting and you've heard clearly the word of the Lord you know precisely what the Lord is calling you to. You know there's some things in your life that you need to get worked out. You need to get straight. There are some things that you know the Lord is calling you to in this new year. And friends, I think the Lord is calling you, rise and follow. It's time to rise up and follow me. It's not time to rise up and sit back down. It's not time to rise up and go the opposite direction. It's time to rise up and follow in obedience the Lord's calling in your life. And you see what happened to Jonah. His rising and going the opposite direction landed him in the belly of a whale and all sorts of different difficulties. And we're called to do what God has called us to do, rise and follow. Jonah delays his obedience. Joseph's obedience was immediate and it was courageous in the midst of a king who would seek to destroy his child. Joseph's obedience was courageous, which would lead us to the number four. Joseph's obedience was also faith-filled. Faith-filled. If you come to Matthew chapter 2, verse 19, it says, When Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, and, and he said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought to take the child's life are dead. And in verse 21, what did Joseph do? I hope it becomes like a pattern for us as we see Joseph's life. Verse 20, rise and take the child and his mother to go to the land of Israel. And what in verse 21 did Joseph do? And he rose and he took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. What a beautiful story of obedience in Joseph's life. I mean, we don't know much about him. We don't know all the things that he did. We don't know much about Joseph other than this man did precisely what God called him to do in the face of costly circumstances, in the midst of a courage-filled and a faith-filled. But can I also give you a word that we see so clearly in the scripture? If you fast forward just one more verse, Matthew 2, 22. 
But after a new ruler came to reign over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. In the midst of his faith-filled following of Jesus, we've seen fear strike up a couple times in Joseph's life. Fear can be a natural part of our following Jesus. I know you know it just as well as I do, that there are many a time following Jesus that my knees shake a little bit, get a little nervous. Following Jesus can instruct a little fear in our hearts. It's very natural. It's very normal for even Joseph. In the midst of his courageous following of Jesus, his knees are shaken. And so this new ruler is coming in, and it says that Joseph was afraid. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. Now, unpack for a moment what this means. That once again, Joseph has a dream. He has a word from the Lord. Rise and take this child to the land of Israel. And what did Joseph do? He arose and he went to Israel. But think about what this means for God's goodness to Joseph. That years and years and years and years foretold that this baby would be born in and would grow up to be a Nazarene. That in the midst of Joseph's fear of what would happen with this new ruler, God was not blindsided by this reality. As Joseph is afraid, he's not crying out to the Lord and God's saying, my stars, I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know this new guy was going to come into reign. I didn't know he was going to be terrible. I didn't know what was going to happen. What are we going to do? Where are we going to send Joseph and baby? What's going to happen? How can we get this baby safe? Do you think God was in heaven getting the angels together to have a, a quorum to say, hey, angels, where can we send Joseph? What are we going to do? I think we really messed this thing up. Or do you see that from generations upon generations before, God had a perfect plan that this baby would grow up to be called a Nazarene. And Joseph just had to be obedient to the word of the Lord. And God had everything well taken care of. This gives me great hope. Well, yes, I don't understand every dot and iota of what the Lord does, and at times I get deeply frustrated and grieved over what I see because we live in a fallen world, and there are times, yes, that God's plan and purpose is frustrating, but at the end of the day, I see God's perfect hand of provision leading and guiding Joseph and Mary and this baby. All they had to do was simply be obedient to the Lord's calling in their life. Joseph's adjective is simple obedience. It's Christmas season. There's a final little blank on your outline. It's simply go the Joseph way by taking the next right step of obedience in your life. As I read the story of Joseph in these two chapters, all I see over and over is a man who is obedient to the Lord's calling in his life. And as you look into the future of 2023, as you peer over the balcony looking forward and what's coming, I can't think of a better word for us to be called to than obedience. And to hear the word of the Lord, to read the word of the Lord, and to obey the word of the Lord. Just a moment, Brad's going to lead us in the simple song, Trust and Obey. Trust and Obey. There are times that your knees may shake and you may get nervous, but we trust and obey. There are times we're not going to understand. We're not going to understand why we're routed all these different ways as Joseph was, but we trust and we obey. This morning, my, my calling for us would simply be as we look forward, let's rise and let's follow. 
Let's rise and let's follow where the Lord would lead us. Let's prepare our hearts. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the life of Joseph. Thank you for his obedience to you. And Lord, may we learn, may we learn from his, from his faith-filled, courageous walk. Lord, when our knees shake, when we quiver, Lord, would you give us your word to lead us and guide us, to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. This Christmas season, we'll be, re- be reminded that you are Emmanuel, God with us. Would it calm our every fear? And would we follow you with all that we've got? Lord, we love you. And thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.